0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 383rd episode of Constructed Criticism. I am your day-quilled-up host, Mason, joined by my ready-to-go co-host, Spencer, and my popper-crushing co-host, Abe Stein, coming for the next of common knowledge out there.
1: How are y'all hey, doing this week? Sure. Did you, I actually have not looked at the results. Did you, uh, crush popper this weekend?
2: i lost the finals of the pauper challenge on sunday oh, dude,
1: we're gonna get you on the show there i'm supposed to go on next week but maybe we'll just plug you in instead <laughs>
2: easy yeah so I, easy. I woke up that morning i looked for a blue black fey deck and realized they had to ban fairy miscreant because it don't work right and i was like, like did they Guess they i'll play affinity yeah they banned it <laughs> Oh, that's <stupid. laughs> yeah.
1: they should just fix it instead
2: well, it's it's a temporary ban. It's it's on the suspended list. Got it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they said they'll unban <laughs> it when they figure
0: out the Moto bug. But it also yeah. affects paper because the the ban list is the same, so you can't play Fairy Miscreant IRL. You know, so
1: just play I just played Infinity. I don't in think that any source can do that. I don't know. Congratulations! They tweeted. They said it's banned in paper. Congratulations, though. <laughs> I think that that's super awesome. I I think that. Also, I just think that format's great. Like I we were talking about that format during the podcast meeting for Common Knowledge a few weeks ago and everybody was like while there were certain things that impacted the format in a negative way like it outside of the fairy miscreant bug like it's possible this format is great
2: yeah i had a lot of fun i also every deck i played against um kind of was was definitely built around respecting affinity but uh like all, the things that weren't affinity seemed also really sweet and good too so it was it was like fun yep. tournament
0: well Today, we are here to do the Crimson Vow pick two set Reviews. we're going to be going over some of the more exciting cards from Crimson Vow, talking about the categories here in just one minute. But first, Spencer, we got to do our Patreon shout outs before we get to that for this week. So, what do we got?
1: I actually believe that we mentioned this person last week, but forgot to specifically give them a shout out. And we are supposed to do that as part of the Patreon rewards. So, I just want to qu- give a quick shout out to Dylan. So, Dylan, thank you so much. You actually are one of the reasons that made it possible. Um, I don't know how much I get from the Patreon right now. I have no idea. But I did spend my Patreon dollars preemptively to buy Mason Clark a ring light uh, today. It was literally already shipping. I can't handle this anymore. And I just want to thank the patrons for that because I I just – I gave up before the show like seven minutes ago. Uh, Mason's address was already in my phone in my Amazon cart and I just I almost bought one last Thursday let's go <laughs> I was at the store and they were like it's $120 and I was like I don't need a
0: 40 inch ring
1: light let's go baby yeah so Mason's got a ring light on the way hopefully it will be there before the uh, next podcast
0: I'm and- a TikToker now <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome site yeah but thank you all so much if you want to become a patron of the show you go to patreon.com slash ccmtg and can support the show the show will always be free but you can go to patreon.com and find out that stuff, get a little benefits, get to ask questions, that sort of thing. It's pretty fun. It's pretty exciting. But today, no nonsense. No always improving. Forget improving. It's all about the new cards, baby. Pay to win. That's how we're improving this week on our Pick to Set Review. We're going to have four categories. We're going to have Sleepers, Hopefuls, Favorites, and Hits. We'll go over each before we start. This is how we do our set reviews here. Instead of giving you a list of top 10 and saying things like, oh, well, no one's really talking about this card, or oh, something might happen this with this card, or oh, maybe if this is right, we just give the cards context. And that way we can go over some much cooler cards, go in depth, and you, the listener, know what we're going over and why. We're going to start off with Sleepers, as always. Sleepers are the cards that we think people are not talking enough about. They are cards that seem to be getting not enough love. You could call them hot takes in some ways. And I'm going to start things up with Dig Up. Dig up is green for a sorcery, and it has the cleave mechanic. Somehow I got stuck with talking about cleave first, so I'm going to go over this real quick. Cleave basically says you can pay the cost, and then you take out the words in brackets. So essentially it's a kicker mechanic, so I'm just going to call it kicker and tell you what the card does if you don't kick it and what the card does if you do kick it. So if you don't kick it for green, you search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, and put it in your hand, then shelf your library. If you kick it for one black, black, green, it is Demonic Tutor. So,
1: for only lands though, right?
0: You, no, it's you search your library for a card, oh, okay. put it in your hand, then shuffle it yeah, because the bracket is over the card, got it, got the board it. land. I, I, I see. Yeah, uh, it, it is weird, but yeah.
1: It's like Lay of the Land into Demonic Tutor seems really good for black green mid range decks.
0: Yeah, like just uh, Traverse the Ovenwald was like so like kind of impactful and like it varied on how good it actually was. And part of that was like Emmerichol the Promison being part of the format of Delirium. But I think lay of the land effects are pretty good. And whenever you get upside on them, it's pretty powerful. And this one just scales so well into the late game that I think that, uh, you know, black, green X mid range decks can really use this sort of card. And, you know, if things are under control at the epiphany, we might be able to see those kind of decks pop up. And I think this card hasn't got the love it's worth because green black decks just haven't really been a thing in this format, but hopefully this card does something with that.
2: Yeah, I think, uh. I think that always the lay of the lands kind of overform form. They look like they just look like, you know, what do I need this for? It's just another land. But, you know, mana fixing is good. The mana hasn't been that great in this format. It's been hard to play three colors consistently in the right three colors. And being able to kick it for upside later is is really cool. I do wonder if like the uh, the spell lands and stuff kind of are so much in this space that the decks aren't looking for it. But definitely uh, definitely a real solid card that uh, has a lot of chops.
1: I, I'm going to say something a little weird. Uh, so I have actually been playing... Do you guys know the Lay of the Land with Kicker that gets three lands instead that's in Standard? Uh, uh, it's like one of the best yeah. cards in that limited set. Uh, yeah, I don't know the name
0: of it, but I know what you about.
1: So I actually tried that card in Blue-Green Delver uh, due to just kind of wanting to have more spell slots for my lands, kind of similar to what Abe just said, right? So I had, I had a couple of those as well as the... Um, oh man, I don't remember the name of the front side. Like Tuari Disruption? Yeah, thank you. Tuari Disruption. And it was actually really good. And in all honesty, uh, as I've, been, I've now built Blue-Green Delver in paper, um, or Blue-Green Tempo as it's called on on mtg goldfish Uh, it just did well in an event recently and also getting to play it on arena i i would not be surprised to see that deck just wanting to play three colors and finding a way to be a three color deck with this card um i think that would help both the dragon the, the 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 green two drop the the two two that gets plus one plus one whenever you cast a spell. Uh, as well as kind of just like the deck overall.
2: Yeah, it definitely helps your prowessy kind of things while yeah. also keeping your land count playable without like too much sacrifice for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I would not be surprised if that deck specifically wanted this card uh, to kind of give it that late game feel where it's like I no longer need a land. In the early game, I can get a land. Uh, yeah, I I think that this might be just better than getting a bunch of extra lands because that kind of puts you into like a play pattern where you maybe even want to go bigger than delver wants to go whereas this keeps you kind of in the range of where delver wants to go so yeah i i, I like this pick a lot mason yeah
0: this kind of sweet dragon Scaly. i was it was racking my brain like the dragon I was two saying, drop. Starts
1: a dragon i just played the card yeah the
0: yeah I, I just remember like dragons aren't there aren't many two drop dragons you have to work for them i was trying to figure it out yeah. we got there my other sleeper is the headless rider for two and a black you get a creature zombie 3-1 that says whenever a headless rider or another non-token zombie you control dies create a 2-2 black zombie creature token so this card is kind of in the midnight reaper s category right like it's a three drop black creature that gets advantage for when things die or sacrificing we haven't had something like midnight reaper for a while now in standard and the sacrifice decks have a couple pieces to them and they're kind of close in a lot of ways and while they're getting a little overshadowed, i think this kind of card's actually really good for those decks because often one of the problems was is that while midnight reaper was really good in post board games or again specifically rafts like you get to find your more powerful cards you would have to actually commit mana again and there would be draws where you're kind of clogged on mana you wouldn't be able to deploy your threats as quickly so this actually lets you stay on the battlefield so while i think it's not as good as a midnight reaper type card we don't have them in that Reaper, so that's not a problem. We don't have to compare them like that exactly. And I think actually having Battlefield Presence at all times with cards like Extus is actually really powerful. So, uh, Extus and the Awoken Horror, I think, are both really, really strong. And this kind of card enables them uh, to be a little bit better. So, I'm excited to play with this one.
1: Uh, I, I... Not only agree with you, but I also disagree with you. I think this card is actually better than Mid-R- Midnight Reaper in a lot of the versions of the deck. I think Midnight Reaper would have specifically better in, like, the combo versions of the deck. Whereas this card is, like... Like, if I'm an aggressive mid-range deck, I would much rather have this card than Midnight Reaper. Uh, In in quite a few matchups, whether I'm playing against combo, whether I'm playing its control, even in, like mid-range mirrors like just having a 2-2 and not having to spend mana in a lot of cases as long as i'm trying to be the aggressor is just better yeah, yeah this,
2: this card's a lot of traction i feel like it's good that this set has a lot of the support that it feels like cards like champion of the perished we're missing it we're missing from uh from the last set where you know we get uh i think there's a rare that's like kind of like a a mono black are you talking like, about
1: the three three two drop
2: yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah, of a callback to some older, too. Yeah. Some, some older designs of black cards, you know, like Blind Creeper or whatever, just two mana three threes with drawbacks on blacks. Yeah, there's like there's a little bit of a curve coming together for the zombie deck, and this is definitely something that makes that really resilient and plays well. I think the card pool might not be deep enough for it, but it definitely has a lot of potential. Super good sleeper pick.
1: So there were more zombies than any of their creature type in the last set, and there is 16 zombies in this set with uh i think 17 vampires in the set so like we almost got two back-to-back zombie sets uh it's true yeah it's kind of crazy <laughs> it is worth noting
0: just just for listeners out that these are not decayed zombies which i i thought they were the first time because i was just like oh decayed's gonna carry where they are actual factual zombies yeah, the zombies that we make here in crimson Val are way better than midnight hunts they're sturdy like, yeah that's they're why big, you should move to Crimson right Valley. yeah <laughs> We're built different over here. Spencer, (laughs) what's your first sleeper?
1: Yeah, so I'm a little... I I was really impressed with this card the second that it was spoiled, and I'm I'm like kind of shocked by Magic players that they're not talking about this card more. Uh, We have Volatile Arsonist. This card is three red red for a human werewolf. It has Menace and Haste for a four four. And whenever it attacks, it deals one damage each of up to one target creature up to one target and or, sorry, and up to one and or target Planeswalker. And that's its daybound side. On its nightbound side, it becomes a 5-5 five five version, and it deals two to up to each of and or target creature or Planeswalker. Um,
0: I knew you liked this card. When I was doing my list, I was like, oh, Spencer's going to have this one somewhere. Uh, here's,
1: here's the thing. Uh, this is like menace menace in a lot of board states is better than flying uh just be and the fact that this thing just gets to like if it if this comes let's just be clear if this comes down on nightbound like this this messes up the board i think this card's pretty underrated i don't know that it's like i don't know that the werewolf deck is getting any better by this card existing um, I mean, maybe you play this over the the the, the dragon, uh, goldspan dragon. It's it is competing with a hard card to compete with. However, I do believe that there are mid range decks specifically that would rather have this card than uh, goldspan dragon. And I, I think I think this card's pretty insane.
0: Yeah, it's like a more aggressively based Puntmaster of the fells, right? like, kind of comes down, impacts the board, and, like, controls it a little bit while being regressively oriented. Yeah. And I, I think for, like, mid rangey red decks, that could be something that they're interested in.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I think about, um, I'd hate this deck, but I actually thought about the the Rakdos midrange deck that people played for a while in Standard. This card seems way better than Goldspan Dragon in that deck. Like, like, substantially better. And if you think about, like, Even some of the Jund variants of kind of the green-red deck, I think this card is better in those versions, too. Where, like, you're really trying to control the board while staying aggressive against uh, whether it's mono-green or the other decks. Uh, And also the fact that, like, we have so many important X ones in the format. I I think this card just is really good.
2: Yeah, I I think, you know, there's room for multiple. Just because Goldspin is so good doesn't mean there's not room for more dragons and uh this is this is a pretty sweet one especially i like that it, it kind of follows up on the daybound nightbound stuff too i, I could definitely see like the um the depros like gruel deck that topped out of goldspan dragon wanting to top out at this instead cause it's already playing some of that daybound nightbound stuff
1: yeah um, it, it's interesting because that deck used the treasure for blue right whereas like yeah it, it felt like the jun deck and and maybe the decks just changed right like maybe if killing x i love what you said I think that if killing X was ones is important, this card is way better. Like if people are trying to block your your two twos with two ones. This card yeah. seems insane. I, I do Atlas think Headless Rider. No. Get, I mean you get a two two. two. probably not matter yeah. there. I I, yeah. I don't know. I, I was really shocked that nobody talked about this when it got like previewed. And I also just haven't heard people talk about it. And I get it, like Goldspan Dragon exists, but uh, this this seems like this seems like Inferno Titan to me in a lot of ways, where it like once it's down, the game revolves around it. I, it. Actually, I really like your Huntmaster comment too, where it's like it's the same thing. Like once once this thing is in play, it the game revolves around what does this do to impact the board. And doggo Titan togo titan i like it yeah
2: yeah I, I also like that like i think that it's good on the daybound side but i think if you can set this up with nightbound it is great like killing x ones is kind of like uh, format dependent like are people playing them is it going to be good Maybe I'll just get my one point in but a whole shock is a lot especially on a creature with menace two, where two you can... shocks
1: if they have a plants walker.
2: yeah and especially clearing out a blocker for your menace creature like if they just leave back some tokens they have some stuff flying around not being able to block this thing it's a five five it's it's just actually a, a lot more productive than it, than it might look at face. Where it's like, oh, I'm just pinging them. I'm just pinging this thing. Yeah. But on the Necron side, it actually seems really really good.
1: And one of the things that that Goldspan Dragon does is it sets up sets up your next turn really well, right? Whereas if you are an aggressively base bit range deck, this just keeps the pressure on in kind of a different way. Because even even in moments where like. They need to double block this. You're advantaged as the person dealing the one or two damage to decide how the blocks have to be set up. Yeah. So. Uh, my next card, I have actually heard zero people talk about. And maybe I just missed Twitter that day because I've been busy at work. Mason's
0: like. The, uh, <laughs> the Twitter sphere has an awkward time while you're pulling this card up because, uh, you know. The Invitational was going on. I
1: was was like, I'm pretty sure I heard literal zero people talking about this. So we have Dorothea, a vengeful victim, which already is a sad name. Uh, It's blue and a white. So you already know it's going to be like either one of Spencer's favorite or least favorite cards all time. (laughs) Uh, And this card is a four, four flying spirit legendary creature when it attacks or blocks sacrifice it at the beginning of the end of combat and you might be like Spencer why would you like this card well it has disturb for 3 <laughs> one a blue and a white and then on the back side it basically turns your creature into a Geist of Saint Traft you uh, for those who don't know disturb in this set specifically instead of coming back as a creature come back as an aura and so this one is whenever this in, whenever enchanted creature attacks uh, create a four, four, uh, spirit creature with flying that is tapped and attacking and sacrifice at the end of combat. And then if this, uh, this flip side, which is Dorothea's retribution would go into the graveyard, do you exile it instead? What the heck? Yeah, it's
0: interesting. It seems kind of good in like that blue whitey deck that was played at Worlds in an attempt to like metagame the the epiphany stuff or whatnot. And obviously the front side's really big. Um
1: I, I would not be shocked if this saw play in like Pioneer, dude. I
0: think Pioneer's a little different where they could also use the stern half a little more too. Yeah. But um I agree that like in a spirit stack in Pioneer, that maybe that's like a little I... it's got a little oomph there.
1: I think i think this is just probably playable in standard and then it's playability just increases the better your spells get and the better your tempo games get throughout different formats uh, i think i think that the fact that i have heard actual zero t- people talk about this card is a little weird because like let's say i just block with this let's, let's just say this is in play all of a sudden my opponents can attack and then or if they do attack and I block and kill something, great. I then just can bring it back as like turn turn whatever I have left into a guy's Saint Draft. I, I think I think this card's pretty insane.
2: Yeah, I think uh, there's like that card, Invocation of Saint Draft from uh, Shadows of Rennestrod, which is just the back half of this card on a rare yeah. power creep. Yeah, like like this card has so much on the front end that. You know, if you're I think what Mason said about that blue white like uh like kind of party, like what is it, collect the the spell pierce party yeah. spell like one of the most important cards. But just just like that blue white, kind of like mid rangey, like flip the game tempo-y kind of game plan. This card plays really well in because it's not very appealing to trade a creature into this two mana spell is just, yeah, I've got four damage sitting around. And in the matchups where it doesn't do that, it's just like boros charm you so if, if you're the aggressor you can get a lot out of it um and then also like uh, in, if you're not the aggressor it trades very well like a four four is really good against mono Green. it's really good against uh like a lot of the white creatures it, it's pretty big wall to, to get through
1: yeah and then yeah. the
2: backside being just that value on top um actually yeah. if you can protect I, the creature is really good i wonder if blue white plays it as a removal spell and so the post games.
1: So that was my initial thought. My problem with that was like, okay, how am I getting this onto a creature on the back half?
2: Allerun's Epiphany
0: Bird. Yes. Yeah, like, Like. <laughs> I, like that's though. what I was thinking. Like, like, like was honestly, like, though. if it's just two mana, like, trade for an Old Growth Troll or trade for, like, you know, uh, a Goldspan Dragon. And then, like, it doesn't really matter when you get the guy to St. Traff. Like, you just need to end the game. Right. It might <laughs> actually be really strong.
1: I, I agree. Like, my initial thought of this card was like, oh, maybe it's not that good, right? Because they can just not attack into it. And then I was like, well, wait a second. If they're not attacking into it, like, they're also not progressing the game. And, like, I can build my deck around that if I want to. So, I I think it just, what you just said, Mason, I think it has a lot of applications.
2: Suit up your leers. Oh, man. That sounds so Get in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyways you can divide by zero back to your hand when you try to cast as an enchantment and play it again as a blocker i'm, I'm <laughs> drowning in the I value right now Mason. that
1: works right because it, would it do... does oh it it's only if it yeah. would die yeah would put you need the a same thing with the level specifically it's not anywhere you're yeah. right
0: yeah
1: I've, I've had my
0: hermits be divided by zero a lot this format it's been a, a while time
1: that seems so bad i don't know why anyone would do that <laughs>
0: Well, sometimes they need to counter my spells. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm going to do this to test the Talents your Alarins." So I'm like, no,
1: my epiphany.
2: Anyways,
0: Abe, what's your first sleeper?
2: So speaking of cards that are blue, involve the graveyard, you know, have a little graveyard value, uh, my first sleeper is Cobbled Lancer, which is a single blue 3-3 uh, zombie horse as initial cost to cast the spell Exile Creature card from your graveyard it has three and a blue exile cobbled, cobbled lancer from your graveyard draw card. I think that just the raw efficiency of this card is too much to ignore, and I haven't seen anyone really interested in talking about
1: it. He, This dude about to put four mulches, four uh, freaking <laughs> Renin Sevens in his deck, and just be like, yo, I have one mana three threes. You know... Okay, you say that like I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy. I, I, how many Stitch Drakes did you play in Standard? Like, I get it. I know what you're... Are...
2: Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, there's there's a lot of support, especially right now, for playing mono-color decks um, around Faceless Haven that are aggressively slanted that care about mana efficiency. Uh, you can play this with, like, Ascendant Spirit. There's a lot of, like, Consider can be a creature, incidentally. There's a lot of draw and discard effects in blue right now. You could make this part of your creature package in like a mono blue tempo deck fairly easily, especially on Delver Secrets card people have to kill on site, you know, with, with relative frequency. I think that, you know, it, it obviously can't be a 3-3 on turn one unless you're like, I don't know, playing Street Wraith and Modern or something. Um, but it's just a lot of raw rate and, and the fact that you can easily cast it and protect it with something because it's so cheap. Uh, and you get to recoup the value later makes it just like kind of a, a really appealing card to I me mean, i don't know how you guys feel about that
1: no this almost made my list for the exact reason i just said like i obviously was teasing you like you about to go put mulch in and in seven in your deck but like in all honesty this this card almost made my list for that exact reason i was like you know what dang like blue green self mill with like this card like if like that that seems pretty good and it's it's funny, right? Because like obviously we live in a world where mammoths are like five fives that are attacking us. Uh, but okay, attack me with your five. Like I don't I don't know. I, I think that it like holds down the ground really well against a lot of creatures, and it, and it slots in really easily. Just one man is just not very much. Let me tell you about a little format called Pioneer. <laughs> let me let me tell you about a little deck
0: that was close to my heart called. Hold on, Stinky I Beats. thought
1: that you and I were on the oh wait did we tweet about this are we are we pro pioneer now mason
0: yeah i mean let people have their make believe for me i let them have popper <laughs> anyways uh let's talk about stinky beats let me tell about salt high dredge and pioneer the coolest deck to ever exist. it just played all the dredge cards that were legal on pioneer with a bunch of terrible cards and this card's a real upgrade for that deck because it actually triggers your prize and not without being narcomy or
2: scrappy scrounger
0: and that deck really needed some love. So I'm in. I'm in on the Cabo Lancer. I love Stinky Beats. Stinky Beats is my second favorite deck in Pioneer history.
2: Well, no, it, it doesn't. Tra- it. You can't cast it from the graveyard. You just have to ca- exile a thing from your graveyard to cast it. Oh, I thought you could also cast I just heard you. No, you can draw a card with it. Yo, I hate mana. this card. <laughs> Not you get that. like, you get a, a super expensive clue. <laughs> I love clues. <laughs>
0: All right.
2: Yeah, this card's cool.
0: I, I, have, I have no clue what I'm supposed to do with this card. I can't put in Stinky Beats.
2: Man. it would be good i there. think I you have mean, a lot of if, if there's Seder wayfinders and stitcher suppliers going I,
1: around this no. card is i just want to be clear that ready to go that thalia we'll talk about that card later but like the fact that thalia is in this format and i have a one mana three three is already really interesting to me like just in standard in general i i oh i hate that card <laughs>
2: do we uh, hate so my the second answer
1: no i hate <laughs> thalia
2: my second sleeper also hates Thalia, also likes mono blue tempo, thirst for discovery. Uh, it is an instant for two and a blue, it says draw three cards, then discard two cards unless you discard a basic land card. This card is incredibly good. And I have seen no one talk about it. So often, especially in, uh, in formats where the mana is, like, not particularly good, you're playing two-color decks, you're just gonna play a bunch of basic lands, and this is just draw three, discard a land so much of the time that it's just such a huge boon at instant speed to all sorts of control decks, tempo decks. Like, it it is the best draw spell in the format, I think, now. Uh, And I don't think it's very close.
1: I'm actually a little surprised that you haven't heard people talk about this. Like, the day this card was spoiled, I heard people talk about the fact that we have... You know, we already had a mono-blue deck that, like, obviously didn't take off this format, but, like, is getting a lot of support. Um, you know, it, it you if you wanted to discard, you know, flashback spells and, um... What is the name of the mechanic we just talked about? Disturbed. Disturbed, thank you. Uh, like, you could do that as well. And also, like, I actually think that the lands in this standard format specifically force sure you to play a lot of basics. Like uh whether you're playing the lands that want you to reveal the the snarls yeah i whatever they're called uh snarls. And, and also didn't we get new lands that want you to do that in this set no this this set is the completion of the midnight hunt cycle those are honorary shouts for hits it's okay, just so the, the, so the slow they're, lands. they're like sl- the slow lands
0: yeah, mm-hmm. they're the same ones from Midnight Hunt, but the. But uh, at the same time, like, you want to
1: play more basics for your snow land, for your slow lands too, so that your third land comes into play untapped, right? So yeah, well, all those don't count basics, untapped. but you do want your first it. two
2: lands to be untapped anyway. So, like playing more untapped lands and basics is already really good. So, the slow lands just say if they're your third land, they oh, come in. Sorry, untapped. I and just it, meant, it, 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 sorry.
1: We're saying the same thing. I'm saying that. Okay. If I want my two lands to come into play untapped, my first two, I want to play more basics, which makes this, my slow land, also come into play untapped. So I I agree with you. I I think that you're just forced to play a lot of basics in standard, and then in monocolored decks, this just... Or not even just monocolored. I think two-color decks in this standard format specifically play a ton of basics, like 11 plus, almost always.
2: Yeah, and I think like... Behold the Multiverse is kind of hard to compete with, depending on what you're doing, but, like, just dr- going plus three and then discarding, like, a land is so much better than Scry to Draw 2 so much of the time that I think, I think scry has got, like, real chops and is definitely a card that, I don't know, it just seems so, so strong to me. I remember, like, compulsive research in, like, common-uncommon cubes and stuff I've played with where it's just draw three discard any land or discard two and i'm like wow that's such strong card advantage this is just levels beyond that in most games of magical play
0: yeah i agree it uh it strikes me as particularly strong i, I it's curious it seems like a card that gets weaker for the next couple of sets and then we'll get really strong again when rotation happens and we'll trail yeah. off again
2: like yeah it's definitely this, as the mana gets better you don't want this as much But when the man is currently the way it is, like what Edgar and Brad played, like, black, red, and blue-black pathways with no black cards in their 75 just to make people think. Like, that's where we're at in Standard.
1: Yeah,
0: it's it's cool for sure. It's dope.
2: Let's move on to Hopefuls. So
0: Hopefuls are cards that are kind of appealing. They seem like they're lacking a little bit, and we're really kind of hoping that they're going to make the cut and see play in some sort of format or some sort of thing. I'll start things off with the Hamlet Vanguard for two and a green human creature warrior. You get a one, one with ward two. So it's been two mana for hit this creature. And it, it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one on it for each other non-token human you control. So it's kind of like a, you know, if you, excuse me. If you curve it, after three mana, five, five, or, you know, probably like a three mana three, three a lot of the time with ward two. And I think this card's really cool. Like, I love the idea of pushing humans for pioneer shout out to the Pioneer format. You got a little more for your human deck. The humans deck in Historic has been Green White and playing a lot of really car- like really good low drop humans, so this card works great there. Kind of a sweet curve with Values Lieutenant as well, kind of on both ends. And this card seems just a little lacking, but I love it so much I really hope it sees a lot of play.
1: I'm launching Arena on my phone right now. Uh, yeah. I-, I am quite sure that if I were... I'm trying to pull up my... Uh, Scald's deck that I posted in our Discord a few weeks ago. Ooh. I'm pretty sure this card is basically like a, like a three mana seven seven in that deck pretty often. And I was going to mention what you just mentioned that there is actually a green white, C- humans company deck that actually also cares about one one counters, for what it's worth, in historic. This I I must have missed this card when... Re- I I read the entire set the last two days, and I don't know that my brain registered this card.
0: It was almost a sleeper. I had it in Headless Rider swapped, but I kind of have more faith in the Headless Rider. But, uh... uh yeah, th- th- this card is
2: very good, I think.
1: Go ahead, Ape.
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's just hard... Hard to not imagine a world where this is just pretty consistently a 3-mana 5-5 five, five on curve. And that's just a ton ward two is really good in a card you're already going tall on like you said for historic playing with collected company is you know a must for these creature decks because that card's just so strong um honestly yeah, modern
0: so... humans is kind of close to being a bant deck like people keep trying that and like this I don't think is strong enough to push us towards being banned over five color but it's kind of like hey like get one more really juiced up band human and now you kind of got like your Mantis Rider type card, you know, like your strong
2: item well, card. There have also just been like four color company shells of the deck, right, where they play like sure. more fast lands, like they have to t- take more damage off their mana because they can't play a Ziggurat, and they play like Cavern Unclaimed Territory, and then like Mana Confluences and stuff. But this is a great hit off of that, a super good card that goes tall in a way that like the rest deck doesn't do. So. changeling tribal in modern hello bam mutable bam one two buckaroo tap my mutivolt. tap three mana cast this it's a three three activate aether vial put another one in we'll put a values
1: lieutenant in bam boom triggers. triggers in all honesty like i actually think this might push that green white historic deck over the top i know that you guys are like talking about other formats right now but like i'm thinking about that green white company deck and like how close oh. it was to good enough and it's caring oh, yeah. about one one counters that this actually seems pretty insane in that deck
2: yeah I and they play like loves to drug beasts currently right i know they did for a while yeah
1: they like, um... they have a lot of awkward cards i, d- I don't yeah. know the next the more cohesion anymore. that gets though right yeah i i don't think the deck sees play anymore and i think this well, fixes some stuff
0: it actually ch- so it came back because like Historic kind of fell out of the spotlight, but we had the two weekends of MIQs and a bunch of pros are touting this like green, white, aggressive beatdown deck that played like S Sentinel Thalia's Lieutenant. Like, like it really is just, like a Thalia's Lieutenant deck, like, like honestly, that's like the, what the deck tries to abuse. And so this is like, obviously not as good as Thalia's Lieutenant, but fits in that shell really easily. And they did have awkward cards like, oh, we're playing Mammoths or so Land Count, you know what I mean? Like, you can fix that a little bit and make your deck yeah. a little less clunky-unky and a little more beady down. And so I like it, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's just a big beaver. but I, I seriously believe in that card a lot. I think it's very close to being good. And that card seeing play in modern actual won't surprise me in like three years. Uh, Path of the Peril is my other hopeful it is one black black for a sorcery with cleave, which somehow I'm like the only person talking about cleave and some of this confusing mechanic, but once again, it's just kicker. So if you don't kick this card, it destroys all creatures with mana value two or less for one black black, which I think is pretty good like it's kind of like we've seen a lot of those effects in the past with like minus two minus two they essentially read the same way uh but for Kui, for four white black you destroy all creatures so it's an early game you know it's a nice like call of the witching hour or things of that nature that like you know ractos sanitarium or whatever the thing was called that like minus two minus two and exiled it's like that cry the carnarium the, cry the carnarium thank you uh it has the ractos card on it that, i don't know how i got there but he, he's definitely on the card uh, and so it's like that, and then later game, it scales up to just be a Wrath. And, you know, uh, this card's, I think, maybe a little too expensive, but I really love the direction we're pushing this, and I think that, like, there's a lot of chance for this to be good, and I think something like this would be good to have as good in the format. So
1: I... I'm i going to challenge you. I think that the card that I had on our last pick, two is just better as a modal...
0: The Calling of the Bloodline. yeah. The minus five, minus five, minus yeah. two. The problem with that one is is that it doesn't hit... Uh, the The other part's just for tokens, right? The minus two, minus two is just tokens. Yeah. Or is it non-token? I'm pretty oh, sure it's just, it's just creature tokens. Maybe you're tokens.
1: right. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering that card.
0: Because I was looking at that card for an article today. Um, yeah, it's, it's creature tokens. I, I know it well. Nice. Okay. He doesn't say it's probably it's All just right, a lot maybe of money. I'm wrong, play.
1: then. I, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to entertain this card more, then. I do, I do like that we have multiple modal cards that do this. Then,
0: yeah, and getting to like pick your spot on like where you where you want your power versus like yeah. you know, the token decks and gold span decks versus like oh, there's a lot of aggro decks, these human decks that are on the back of Hamlet Vanguard. Ah, oh, clear the board first, you know. So, uh, <laughs> like you know, it's, it's cool.
2: I know. Yeah, uh, I also like that it to say punishes the people playing just cheap creatures in general, not just like a bunch of small creatures, because I know that I've played a lot of like infest variants like three mana minus two minus two and been kind of disappointed by their creatures being three threes when i draw it despite them playing like you know with like lumenarch asper in the format um uh smoldering a egg of, yeah just a lot of stuff grows out of range of that pretty quick that's that's cheap right now in the format but uh just saying like yeah if you're just playing a deck full of cheap creatures this is punishing you um and not necessarily a deck full of like small creature that has this this big mode for the bigger stuff uh i do like that it it does that instead of uh instead of the minus three minus three thing I, I think it makes it pretty interesting spencer what's your first hopeful
1: oh man i had to go back to the show notes i was
0: uh you would never do anything else during the podcast
1: no i i was reading i was reading your card uh just kidding. <laughs> it's a uh, send it pack leader Oh no, that's favorites. Hold on, wait a second. Yeah, you you had yours all out of order, but we have them ordered on the I show see. notes. I, I did. I have my I have my Scryfall lists. Uh, out it of it says
0: Saver of Olenbach for yeah. you right here.
1: Okay, so that card is white, white one for a human soldier, and it has training, which is when e- or it's a one two by the way. Uh, whenever. Th- this creature attacks with another creature with greater power. Put a 1 1 counter on this creature. Whenever Savior of Ullen, uh, Bach trains, exile up to one other creature from the battlefield or from a graveyard. It's important because when Savior of Ullenbach leaves the battlefield, put the exile cards onto the battlefield under their owner's control so i uh back in the day on this podcast we had what was called the theory of words where eventually there's enough words on a magic card to just make it see play that theory got blown out of the water by the way because eventually they just started putting way too many words on magic cards but this card has a lot of words on it and all of those words matter in multiple ways this card can be super aggressive get things out of its way if you're the aggressor and then if you're also if you're the aggressor and like your opponent is picking off your stuff can continue to help you and if you're in a mid range battle can do that i i am hopeful that this card is good in an interesting way because i really don't want it to be like too good where it like it's format defining but I hope that it's good enough to, like, see play and, like, put pressure on the format in an interesting way.
0: It's synergy with Luminarch Aspirant, of the Aspirant growing itself and always being one bigger. Yeah, it's kinda... is pretty backbreaking. Yeah. It, it is also nice that this card's, like, a Wrath of God protection in it's the mid-game, so... like...
1: It's so much. It does so much. I'm really glad that it's not, by the way, like, at a Mythic, you could have seen this costing, like, red-white one and having haste, and I'm really glad it doesn't do that. Because I actually think that card would be way too good.
2: Oh, that'd be crazy! Like, yeah, just I actually immediately think card train would be... with it and get rid of someone's creature. Right. It's like glory
1: bringer if you have actually, another creature in play. I actually think that that card would have been busted, and I think that this card is like either quite good or maybe like just too slow. Because like a three mana one two that does nothing when it comes to play in your It's rest- unplayable. Right, like, right, right, like you're just like okay. But, like, if you untap with this, you you could, like, really put a World of Hurt on your opponent. Yeah, it's hard for combat
2: to feel bad if you're able to attack with this and train it right. on turn four. And it's, uh, I think and... it's impossible
1: not to train this in any any white deck right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and if you start training it multiple times, like so with Luminarch Aspirant, then, right. like, now it's it's a huge problem for your opponent's creature deck if they're, like, just trying to, like, get ahead on board again uh or you're just getting a ton of value yeah this card this card's really strong almost made my, made my list too
1: yeah
2: yeah creatures
0: with the etb effects aren't at a premium right now because Alruns doesn't allow it so this card's like inherent drawback of like yeah you definitely exiled my thing again before blocks <laughs> bang be summon back you know kill
1: smoldering egg before it flips without training
0: uh does
1: it oh no you i guess you still have to train
0: you still have to train. okay, well. Spencer, did you learn nothing from the Boruto arc where Boruto uses ninja equipment and this doesn't train a his ninja I'm talking about Naruto! I'm
2: talking
0: about Boruto! This Didn't is not a Boruto podcast either, man! <laughs> my, <laughs> my, all you talk about is Naruto helpful, Boruto! My next
1: helpful was one that I saw that I fit think fits really well directly into my specific version of Mono White. Uh, if you want access to that, it is in our Patreon Discord. It's Welcoming Vampire. This card is two and a white for a two three flying vampire. Uh, whenever one or more other creatures with power two or less enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card, and it triggers once a turn. So I, I have I have some problem with the three drop slots in mono white across the board right now. Elite Vanguard or Elite Spellbinder, while very good, uh, is really bad against mono green. Which seems wild, but I just I that is what I found in my testing. Uh, and while it's good against the blue red decks, like they just started playing Spike Feed Hazard and things get worse again. The two three body on this actually is quite good in this format. There's a lot of two twos that attack and attack in this format. And uh, while the card was never actually as good as when it like the idea of when it was spoiled it's like a better version of mentor of the meek like substantially uh where you don't have to pay the mana and like if i untap with this card uh in a lot of matchups the, th- the problem that i have with the on my deck is that i'm running out of gas and so if i'm already going to double spell which i want to do in that deck a lot in my version of the deck and i'm already going to play small creatures I think this deck has a lot of gas, especially like when it becomes like a 3-4 with Paladin class and stuff like that. I I am very hopeful that this card fits into my version of Mono White. I, I think that it's like kind of the perfect 2-up for the main deck to fill slots that I already didn't like.
0: Does Paladin class matter with this card?
1: Or I just, just said that it becomes right?
0: a 3-4. Yeah, but all the, the creatures will...
1: Oh, two, oh that's two, true. They right? will. It will. It will
0: not work with. Pal- it is bad with Paladin class. Ooh, I think. I
1: had not thought of that. Uh, there it are some creatures that enters. will be worse.
0: Yeah, because I actually think this card's really. It's really important that it has power two or less and not mana value two or less. Because like, I was thinking about it. I think it's just Elite Spellbinder, that's like the stock card that doesn't cantrip with this card and Adeline. Oh, so, Adeline's a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: here's the thing about Adeline. I've tried that card a lot. I think that card is really good in the mono-white mirror and in bad in every other matchup.
0: Sure, she's supposed to sideboard it or whatever? Yeah,
1: so... Sure.
2: I, so it's not the, actually The three
1: drops in, in mono-white are, like... Like, very format-dependent and... deck-dependent and card-dependent. And I think that this just... Yeah, they're all
2: so good, too.
1: Yeah, they're all so good. Yeah, exactly. Like... You don't actually have enough room to play. It, it's like the four drop problem of Mono Red a few years ago. Actually, the three drop problem of Mono Red a few years ago too. Where like, okay, I can't play all of these. What's the split? Where do I end up? And I think this card actually fits into it.
2: Yeah, it reminds me of a lot of Bygone Bishop from the last time we were running a yeah. basically like the same idea. I think creature power two or less enters, you get a clue which is like another delayed kind of or slowed down draw effect. And that card was just really good in every grindy matchup for the white deck. When it comes down to just slogging through answers, which, you know, is a, t- a time-honored tradition for the white deck to win, is that your opponent's going to try to kill all your creatures and you got to play more. Uh, drawing a bunch of cards like that is... I
1: also like that it's a pseudo four-drop. I really like pseudo four-drops in my double spell decks where, like, I can save one of my one drops, play this and that in the same turn to like recoup the value. I, I I like that a lot.
2: Heck yeah. Abe, what's your first hopeful? Uh yeah, so my first hopeful here, I actually got I got a little bit of a themed hopeful. I love walls. So my first hopeful is Faithbound Judge. Uh, Faithbound Judge is a one white white. Defender, 4-4 Defender Flying Vigilance. Give me your upkeep. If Faithbound Judge has two or fewer judgment counters on it, put a judgment counter on it. And then as long as it has three or more judgment counters on it, it can attack as though it didn't have defender. So, uh, you know, it's three mana, 4-4, doesn't do anything for a couple turns. Then it can start attacking, start poking if they really don't deal with it. Otherwise, just a card that your opponents have to get through. Uh, But that's not where the party ends. Because this card's got Disturbed, and for five white, white, you can cast a Curse called Sinner's Judgment. Enchant Player, at the beginning of your upkeep, put a Judgment Counter on Sinner's Judgment. Then, if there are three or more Judgment Counters on it, Enchanted Player loses the game. Now, something that I know has been the case from trying to build these kinds of decks is that the amount of kill conditions that are really present in the format, that aren't just like some sort of big over the top Alleran's Piffany situation are slim. And this card I think is playable enough on the face and then gives you access to what is a real like, yeah, I mean, what are we doing here? This game's over kind of kill condition of uh, of just, if you're far enough ahead that you can pay seven mana and cast this card and enchant your opponent and then you've got it locked up, like, you know, you're done there, it's over. And I think that that's uh it's really really strong and uh and pretty cool and I'm hopeful that those kinds of control decks can exist uh in the format uh instead of just kind of being super polarized there's more more ways to finish the games that uh that you start.
0: <laughs> I love how aspirational this card is like it asks so many weird things of you and it like does this like. Like, hey, do you want to play this straight up and it just dies? Do you want to mill it? How do you want to go about doing it? I have no clue how to do any of those things, but I am excited to see what other people do, and I'm so happy there's a card like this where people can like really dig in and try and figure something out like that because uh, I think it's really cool doing that. This card's dope. I've seen, I've seen people talk about it from modern, like not like in a tier one deck, but like there was like some deck that they were like, "Oh yeah, this is the thing we needed."
2: So. People say that all the time, about modern is crazy. How are you, yeah. you You like this one?
1: I don't know. I It it, uh, it, it seems... I don't like every standard uh, at this point. That doesn't mean that standard can't change. I, I think that like... The, the problem that I have is like... Once I know that pressure is on me... Like what, what decks can't uh, beat that pressure? in in standard right now. And that's the question that I have. Now, I like what you said, which is like, is there a control deck that can abuse this? Because if that's true, that's a sweet format that I want to be a part of. So I like that yeah. it's your I like that it's your helpful.
2: Yeah, I think like, you know, I remember people playing Plume Veil and Five Color Control or whatever way long ago in the boomer days of Lorwin. Where the mana was perfect and everything Fun was fact, that was, was awesome. before
1: my time, Abe. We got, we finally got one where where you... I'm the biggest <laughs> boomer! <laughs> Let's go! I didn't know about this, but I that was actually not my time. Yeah, it was just you played it was, 4-4 it was Flying once, Defender. It was a few months before my time.
2: And some people just couldn't get through 4-4 Flying Defender Flash. You just put it in play and they were like, Wow, what do I do about that? And so, you know... What do they do about it is a so, good question. So, so if that's that, playable That happened
1: enough. because of Vivid Lands and Reflecting Pool.
0: I listened to the receivables. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't speak to me of the old Magic. I was there when it was written. That's it's not my, true. You were playing a different yeah. game and, you know, playing... I, I, yeah, playing I was probably playing Halo with too. my friends. <laughs> and that oh, card I'm is legal. Sick friends. That card's old.
1: <laughs> sick I had friends, Brax, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My I, I second
0: didn't, I didn't until oh no, sorry, I didn't realize it wasn't therapy. My bad. Sorry, we'll talk later. <laughs> my second in the wall-to-wall
2: hopefuls here is uh concealing curtains, which is a single black zero four defender wall with uh two and a black transform concealing curtains activate only as a sorcery. And on the back side, we have revealing eye, which is a three-four menace, and when this creature transforms into revealing eye target opponent reveals their hand, you may choose a card, a non-land card from it. If you do, that player discards that card and then draws a card. So it's kind of like a Vendillion click trigger situation where you get to, like, remove, you know, your, you get to look at your opponent's hand, decide if one of those cards is too problematic and you want to get a new one. Um, you can play it on turn one, and it's a, you know, it's a reasonable rate for a wall. You know, like a zero four 4 does block a good amount of things in the early game. And then the 3-4 Menace, you uh, like attacking basically the turn you transform it does a lot to kind of swing the game and and adding this disruption to it, it feels a little bit like, this is going to sound like a big stretch, but the play patterns of flipping it is kind of like playing with Thought Knots here where you're going to try to like disrupt them and present this thing that is a real problem. And so I think if this card is playable in standard, we're in such a good spot. I think cards like this are awesome. I think that that kind of interaction is really fair and balanced and fun to play with. You get to, like, make a lot of decisions without really taking everything away from your opponent. Like, thoughts is a little too much, but um, but clicking the opponent is pretty interesting, and, like, the decision sometimes to tell them to keep the cards is cool, too. Uh, and so, yeah, that's... I don't know how you guys feel about the walls, but I'm a big fan of walls. I thought the curtains was,
0: like, good enough to be a sleeper for me. Uh, I think that card's actually just probably going to be able to see play in black midrange decks. And so I, uh, I'm i down for this. I don't have much to say. I, I do think the thought not to see your comparison is apt.
1: Yeah, I'm a pretty big fan if you're helpful, So I think you, you, you crushed the category, to say the least.
2: I'm honored. I hope to bring this in in many control mirrors. I'm checking real quick. Yeah, you can just play it as four mana, flippity-ippity. There's no... Uh, yeah, there's epic. no there's no restriction other than it being a sorcery. And your opponent can kill it in response to you activating it. But this is the kind mm-hmm. of card that, like, you could play it in a black control deck or, like, a blue-black control deck, and you could, like, want to have to leave in removal spells just to answer this card in a mirror match. Um, and also, you might want it against the aggro decks, too. It's, like, an interesting... It covers a lot of your bases in your in your deck construction, too. I think it's a very versatile card. Yeah, it gives you some Game 1
0: hate against uh, Alrens as well. Obviously, they can foretell that card, but uh, you know, messing up their game plan and stuff, and sometimes they just don't have time to foretell it. So, yeah. uh, for sure. So next, we have favorites. So this is kind of a session where we kind of pick the cards that we like the most. Uh, they don't have to be game-breaking all-stars. They might be. They might just be cards we really like the design of or whatever. I'll start off things here with hole breaker horror for five blue blue creature Kraken horror seven eight hello that's so big that's 15 stats combined that's imra cool it has flash this spell can't be countered whenever you cast a spell choose up to one return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand so this card is so sweet and i want this to be like the thing that i do to win games like i play a blue black deck I sit there forever. I don't really do anything, and then bam, I flashes, and then bam, I consider. I start unsummoning their lands and their things, and they try to cast a spell, and I bounce it back to their hand with my Considerers and my whatever cards and my draw two, three discard one, thirst for discoveries, and this card's so sweet. I love it. It's great. Yeah, that's all I got. You can also bounce itself. They try and kill it, so.
1: There was a ton of discussion Holbergore. about this card in the He's Game Media Discord this week. Uh, if you go there, you'll see that I'm not a fan. I think that it's just another big dumb blue thing to do big dumb blue things that is just work that worse than like I mean, obviously Shark Typhoon is not in this format anymore, but like I, I think that it is unlikely that this is better in blue-black than the already blue-black version of this card that we have. And I think that... Oh, yeah, man. I think
0: the Serpent rotated. I don't think we have that anymore.
1: I'm You're talking about the one sure that like you
0: cast not. from the graveyard, right?
1: I'm pretty sure it did not.
0: I could be wrong. I thought it was from
2: Eldraine. No, Lockmire Serpent's from Eldrain. It's from the lock, where you drown it. Am I wrong? You are wrong. There's no this, Serpent. Is
1: in... this the only big dumb thing in Standard for Blue?
0: No, there's Coma.
1: Big dumb flash thing,
2: yes. Big yeah. dumb thing. We have endless ones of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm
1: wrong. I don't know. I, I yeah, th- this card's sweet. I think I think that as a fan of big dumb things, this does big dumb thing stuff. And uh, as a fan of big dumb thing, I know that big dumb thing has not been good in a long time, and it makes me sad.
0: You reanimate this one. You start
1: bouncing things. Ooh. You start
0: countering things. I I am looking to Did, uh, I'm <laughs> very
1: spoiled in a set and I missed it.
2: There's a summer animate thing for like five there's anime. there's one that costs one less for creature that died that's in but green does it have black.
1: Flashback?
2: Yeah, it has fly it's three green black
1: Ooh.
2: reanimate a creature. So you're playing and animator. then five okay. green black, and it costs one less for each creature that died this turn.
1: I'm 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 more interested now. Okay. okay. A little okay. dig up, maybe
2: a little searching Woo! for some land. You could also you... play um something that the blue black control decks did is they played Port of Karafel, the land from Kaldheim, that comes play tap and taps for blue, and you pay Damn. three.
1: I know what Three you're talking about. Blue, yeah, blue, yeah, yeah.
2: black, tap, sacrifice it, yeah. mill yourself for four, and then put something in the play tapped. Yeah. So, you, you know, that's also uncounterable. Alright,
1: alright. I'm getting I'm getting you're you're hyping it up, Mason. What's your next one?
0: Yeah, he's raising the roof. That's me right now. And <laughs> <laughs> he is all about it. My other one is blood fountain, a black for an artifact. When blood fountain enters the battlefield, you create a blood token. A blood token is you create an artifact that has one tap. Sacrifice it, discard a card, and then draw a card, so you get to rummage. Uh, and then, so this card makes a blood token. And then for three and a black, you can tap Sacrifice the Blood Fountain to return up to two car- creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, there might be some stuff with this, system. there's a lot of blood things, but this is all my favorites just because I really love the flavor of, like, you have two dead things at the vampire party. They drink the blood of the vampire, and then now, like, with the blood gone, they're back to life. I love that flavor, and the card has some fringe applications, so I thought, hey, if y'all want to talk about those, you can definitely talk about it. But for me, I just love the flavor, and sometimes favorites is just, hey, this card's super cool at like, being evocative, so that's all I had to say on this one. Also, there's some modern talk about this card as like a thing that generates a lot of artifacts for one mana.
2: So, yeah, yeah, it's like a little uh, artifact, two artifacts for one mana situation. Yeah.
0: Which apparently is good for some decks. I don't know. It'll be broken for like
2: one weekend on MODO. I don't know. It's it's a common, right? Uh, this card is a common. So I can for play pauper. It in pauper in my Pauper Affinity deck. It increases my artifact
1: count.
0: Like, that's all
2: I got,
1: Spencer. What's your
0: cool. first favorite? Unless you have something you want to say about the Blood Fountain.
1: My first favorite is Ascendant Pack Leader. This card is one green for a creature wolf. Uh, when Ascendant Pack Leader enters the battlefield, filled with uh, sorry. Ascendant Layer does enter the battlefield with a 1 1 counter on if you control permanent with converted mana cost 4 or greater. And then whenever you cast a spell with converted mana cost 4 or greater, you put a 1 1 counter on it. Uh, so the 1 drops suck in mono green and standard right now. Uh, and the deck uh, we will shortly talk about is getting a pretty sweet 4 drop. Um, I, th- I think this card's good in historic. I think this card is good in standard. I, I, I think this is just a strong card. And also just like, I want this art so bad that I had to put it on my favorites. Because I just, hey, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I love it. And also like, you know, I had to do you know, a, you know, we all have our themes, right? You know, Abe had his wall theme and I got a pupper theme. So if you guys have anything you want to say about this Card, let's do that.
0: Oh, I do. I think it sucks in mono green and is great in <laughs> That could be true. I,
1: that, that's, my hot, honesty, that's my that hot take. Straight up could be true. I think that mono green could change a lot with this with this set. For what it's worth, to mm-hmm. the and I also think that it might be that as the set gets the sets get bigger, that mono green stops existing and just like other aggressive mid range decks with green in them just take its place. And I think that this card just fits into those really well.
0: I played a lot of the DePros deck testing for the Invitational. I thought there was a lot of room there. And the DePros deck had two big problems. Problem one, too much air. Problem two, none of good enough things to do in the early game. This card fixes that by making us build our deck in a way that has less counters in the main. We're going to have our Uvala Oddity, we'll talk about a little bit later, combined with this. A little bam bam. You have Jasper Sentinel into like dragons, and now you have like beatdown draws. And so I- I'm a big fan of this card.
1: It's not in current Monogreen. I actually think having another 1-drop with Sentinel is, like, the thing that Monogreen is missing, too. Like, I think the reason that Sentinel is bad in Monogreen is, like, all of the 1-drops that I would play with it are really bad. Like, really, really bad. And I -hmm. I think that, like, even in Monogreen, we could adjust our deck to play this card.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it to drastically change the way the deck's built, but you could could have a Monogreen deck with this for sure.
2: Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty low on this card, and I might be wrong. Then shut
1: your freaking mouth, Abe Stein.
2: I like that it's a dog.
1: He's a puppy. It's <sighs> a big... What is the art, though? Give me a scale on the art, because the art is... The,
2: the, I like the green. I like the yeah, like dude. spirit green.
1: I have no idea why I would possibly like the green on this card as I'm pointing behind my head on my video. So,
0: a blue thing? <laughs> You're pointing to the, your blue
1: picture. I'm pointing to the like tealish green. uh it looks like you're pointing to the CC mat, and it's
0: like I got this
1: blue no, mat I was, behind. i was pointing <laughs> to the Deku <laughs> picture behind me. Oh,
0: uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think you got I think you got hit yeah, by the reverse.
1: Dude, uh, well, it's hard. They, like everything's reversed yeah. on the camera. They, yeah, yeah. Now you're doing. Now you're All doing. Right, there we go. uh yeah. Let's talk about my next card. That just I uh, here's the thing about favorites. Is that I almost just memed and put the full arts. Uh, I would have been legitimately mad. I would have been legitimately (laughs) mad. (laughs) But then I saw this. And I have to tell a story. Um, There are no
0: full arts in this set. There (laughs) are. There are? They added new ones? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen those at all. You you tell your story. Sorry.
1: Uh, Yeah, they're just like the same theme though. They're just like full arts with like the black on... Anyway. God,
0: I, I hate these in a short lands. Dude, Iowa, I think they're the
1: so sweet. I, I disagree with everybody on Twitter about this. I think they're like... Play hey, you haven't played a the real suck.
0: backer tournament! I can't tell what my opponent's lands are! I don't... I mean...
1: Dude! <laughs> I played... Alright. We gotta... Take <laughs> we got talk about this later. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I had a dog uh, that I found outside of my house. Uh, my 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 dog had... My, my pug had died a few years ago and there was just a dog outside my house and I was like, Oh, well, you know, I'll put you in the backyard, but we'll, like trying to figure out, you know, where you're from and stuff. And we never could find the owners. Uh, we named that dog Skoshi, uh, which is, uh, Japanese for a little one. You might've heard people say, I would like just a skosh of something that is, that is Japanese for a little bit. Uh, and he, uh, was the cutest, the cutest thing. He was like one of my best friends for years, but he had this thing where, uh, when he, w- w- my, my brother, uh, was learning the trumpet and my brother would play the trumpet. My, my dog, Skoshi would howl and we actually found out you could just howl and Skoshi would immediately howl with you, like immediately without fail, this dog, if you would howl with him, he would join you and you would just sing together. And so my other favorite is pup song, pup is pack song, pup It is one in a green for a creature wolf. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control another wolf or werewolf, you put a 1 1 counter on Pup Song. Uh, uh, sorry, Pack Song Pup. Uh, and when it dies, you gain life equal to its power. Uh, I don't know. It just reminded me of my dog. And honestly, like, this card is probably not playable, but, like, it, you know, there are formats where maybe it is. Like, it could be a true drop in mono green wolves in all honesty
0: wolves edh all-star for sure like, yeah like straight
1: up drops. if i if if i'm just like all in on wolves this might make the cut like you know, on wolves aggro
2: yeah if you if you play your one one on or your two one on one and then this on two you that's got three it's a watch wolf on both yeah, of your attacking by with the it.
1: time you're attacking with it it's a watch wolf and then you have your other two drop in your your three three for green green in your other pack leader, like you do, actually have a pretty aggressively slanted wolves deck. If that's what you want to do with your with your life, but also it's a singing puppy.
2: Yeah, the art's great, super that's super good. evocative. There's all those like wolves in the background, and he's just got the spotlight on him. He's belting out. I-, I have a question: Why does the Senate pack leader have pack leader as one word, but werewolf pack
0: leader as pack leader? I knew two this
1: words? was going to come up, and I don't know why does it matter.
2: Well, I just would like to learn. I'm just trying to always improve. I think I didn't it's, a, really, I didn't, it it's an Innistrad terminology <laughs> thing. I think it's an <laughs> Innistrad terminology thing. They're I think both from pack
1: leaders, Which are like they, a, an
2: appointed are job. Are they both
1: from Innistrad? They're not both from Innistrad, right?
2: No, Werewolf Pack Leader is from...
1: It's from the... Uh, is from AFR. The, yeah, AFR.
2: No, yes, yeah, it, it is. is. How much you want to bet? I, I don't, I I'm will, not going to be I'm I'll just going to be...
0: I'm just going to be ridiculous i'm just gonna learn <laughs> from american <laughs> politics and just say no it's like it's, it's right. like in naruto
2: where go on where uh actually we were thinking of happening naruto not shippuden ah uh, see now you got me now we're talking <laughs> data
0: am i right
1: i thought we were talking about boruto i'm really confused now. do you not remember the moon people in boruto that taught us on ninjutsu in all honesty, anyways so <laughs> in all honesty though like i i think this card is like a super flavor hit and and i also think that like if you're looking for like a budget mono green aggressive deck you're getting pretty close to it with like the wolves version of mono green and this card fits really well into it and i like that that exists
0: Pax on pup is the green Luminarch aspirant we'll not be taking any more questions at
2: this time <laughs> abe what is your favorite <laughs> so my first favorite is just it's kind of, I feel, I don't know, I've got a card to tell the story in mind, but I'm going to start with uh, with Hallowed Haunting. Which is just uh, a nice little, it's a little upgrade to Sigil the Empty Throne. Two white, white enchantment, as long as you control seven or more enchantments. Creatures you control have flying and vigilance, and whenever you cast an enchantment spell, create a white spirit cleric creature token with this creature's power and toughness or the number of spirits you control. So you play this, you play your cantorping enchantments, and you Get a bunch of spirits and they all get big, and then you hit your opponent. It's great, super fun. I know a lot of people will like Siddle's a huge hit. The Enchanter stuff is huge. We saw it in Modern Horizons two. I think this actually is a big upgrade to Siddle's Empty Throne in the uh, in the Enchanter deck in Modern. And well, that in is historic. something that yeah, I guess in historic, I, they, I'm it's a sure big difference there. Right now. Um, yep. but yeah, I, I just like that it's you know kind of a uh, the same feeling of a card, it costs one less mana. I, I just like cards like that. Start, like, I like the idea of playing an Enchantress deck. I like kind of the representation of kind of prison-y, pillow fort gameplay still existing, and and their kill condition getting better is probably better for that deck being less miserable to play against sometimes.
1: So I really hope this card is not playable. Uh, not because I, don't I don't think don't, it'll be playable in any Enchantress uh, not, not because I don't <laughs> love this style of deck, but because, like, if this card is playable, which I think it's getting pretty close to in historic for what it's worth I do not believe that we have the support to actually beat that deck like if, if that deck becomes good I actually think it's a problem
2: I think there's probably some destroy all enchantment effects and they've been putting a lot there, of it there is actually all.
1: not a destroy all enchantment effects in oh. historic I know this because I have played against that deck in historic already get on it. you
0: bring you go. <laughs> I beat the deck. I mean, I, <laughs> all better. that
1: is how I beat the deck now. I'm just saying, like, I I hope that either we get support to beat this deck, because I do actually think that they are trying to make this a thing in, whether it's Pioneer or Historic, because you don't want it to be a thing in Standard, right? Like, that's, that's not fun. But I do think that it's fun in the other formats, but we don't actually have, like, a Fracturing Gust or a Or even, I mean, the good one is, like, the two-mana one that just straight up... Back to nature. Yeah, back to nature, whatever. Or or whatever, yeah. so.
2: Yeah, I think it's, like, a pretty great commander card, too. I think that it's, like, an auto-fill for a lot of those things, and I know people play a lot of that. My second card is Serpentine Ambush. It's one of the blue instant. Until end of turn, Tart Creature becomes a blue serpent with base power and toughness, 5-5. Now, you might be wondering, Abe, why on earth are we talking about this card? And the answer is that, for those of you who know me, I'm a huge draft guy. I love playing limited. I love to really get in, get in and scrap, play my, play my bad cards. And over the last few years, they've really tried to push this blue combat trick that is one in a blue, make your thing into a 4-4. And it has just been like, not quite good enough to play. It never makes the cut and seeing this come as like, Watsy admitting they're like, no one's playing it. It's not like, it's not good enough. What if we make it a five, five? I just love that, that like seeing that process and seeing the moment where they're like, it's gotta be five. I'm it's pretty, just gotta be, or is not enough. I'm pretty
1: sure that in the last three years there was a version of this card that was a four, four flyer at uncommon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah and it still wasn't good enough i have i'm gonna i'm gonna this is guaranteeing you your success abe i'm gonna i'm gonna guarantee this card does not see limited or constructor play
2: (laughs) like i might i so here's here's the thing i think a lot of the times and this is some real deep insight into limited if you're a limited person you're gonna love this i think a lot of the times games are really balanced around a four toughness creature or a and especially a four four and having a two mana combat trick in blue that lets you kill a four four in combat is very very strong a lot better than trading with it and so i will probably give this a couple of tries but i'm willing to be wrong because it is historically a card that is not very playable
1: Mason, <laughs> so. can I, how long can i give on a limited segment on this show you're the host one that hits so so this set's average converted mana cost of creatures is up. It's average toughness is up. It's average removal spell cost is up. And only one of those three things indicates that this card would be better and limited in the set, which is the cost of removal, right? But the problem is, is that there is additionally a toughness matters, uh, aspect to the set where there are cards that care about toughness, dealing combat damage equal to their basically becoming their power. I think the one thirteen, uh, that card too uh like i i just uh, uh, toughness by the way is also up in the set naturally because of that theme i i think i think this card is set up to fail all
2: right i can make that 113 into a five five
0: bam i'm just gonna say this you know a lot of filtering because of blood tokens gonna get a little extra splash that's all the limit you're gonna get from me check out sam black's podcast on the network for the rest of that On to hits. Hits are the cards I think are going to make an impact and constructed in a format. We'll probably tell you if it's not standard, for example, or historic, but we'll let you know. These are generally the cards that be number one and number two on if we had like a top 10 list. My first hit is Wash Away. Somehow I'm stuck with another kicker card. Blue, counter target spell that wasn't cast from its owner's hand. So uh, that is what happens if you don't kick it. And for one blue, blue, it is counter target spell. So, it is blue for countering like cascade things and like stuff from the graveyard, like flashbacky stuff, um, and then cancel for everything else. So, it's kind of like imagine like your new neutralized for standard. I'm not so sure how important that is for standard, but it's cool. But for modern, it's a great counter spell to have for like the things I just mentioned there, or things coming back from the graveyard, uh, cascading, et cetera, that sort of stuff. And so, I think this sort of card actually has a chance to see real play because we've seen things like uh fluster storm pick up recently to counter some of the cascade cards specifically like the mono blue uh cascade deck as well while that card is more applicable in other matchups there might be enough reasons for you to play one of these or something like that and it won't be dead in other points of the game they try and juke you and so i, I really like wash away i think this card's secretly just a, a good hit it's also good against Fertel. yeah it is really good against Fertel. that's a good point i forgot about that I... so this is from your hand
1: I do like that. I had not thought of that before. I was thinking, putting my thoughts together. I have a hard time believing that this replaces even Swan Song in older formats.
0: Well, Swan Song's unplayable, so that's not a high bar to clear.
1: I I agree. <laughs> that's how. I I think, I think that my problem with this card. Maybe maybe I'm wrong though. I'm like thinking about it more. The thing is, is like the barrier to entry for like a one mana spell is like freaking like guttural response like seems better than this in a lot of situations so there's no, so but that's many now it's... there's so many one mana situational cards that it's like okay how often does this situation come up versus the rest of the stack right like you get a stack of these one mana countery spell type cards like even spell pierce like it just kind of depends i do like the idea i don't know i, one, I really on this kick. one
2: that you get to you get to kick it to have just cancel like it's canceled yeah, it's and also that's, modes that's what I'm as
1: thinking. it, it kind of yeah. seems sweet as like a one of though now that i'm like thinking about it
0: yeah it's like a one or a two of in like yeah. old old format sideboards okay. and i i think i think that the thing to remember is that cards like gutter response are good. They're just situationally good. So we don't consider them as good. And it's kind of like knowing when the time to pick them is right, kind of like KCI. How is this one kinda...
1: not situationally good? Other than the fact that it's fail state is that it's cancel.
0: Right. I'm saying that that's what this card is. Oh, okay, I'm saying okay. that it is it is, it is. it is like. I just don't think saying gutter response isn't good or whatever is like fair or whatnot. Like I, I think Swan Song saying that because like Swan Song doesn't actually. like... Do a good enough job compared to other things but there are not many things that counter a thing that cost well, like that aren't cast from this zone and it does it for a single blue and i think that's like it's really hard for a card that costs one mana when you're trying to get it in the default games is really strong and then it doesn't rot in your hand like guttural response will just rot and this if your opponent like let's say you're playing a cascade deck right and eventually we get to the point where i hit my ley line of the void and i had this in my hand and you try to cast your street wraiths right I can actually just counter the street race most likely. And Modern's so slow these days that like
2: actually being canceled is playable as we see with Archmage Charm, so. Yeah, I would say it's like most analogous to like Mystical Dispute, right? In the way that it it works. Where like in the situations where it's a one-mana counter spell, it's premium. Yeah. and then there's a lot of times where sometimes you're just casting it for for the full cost
1: i think you guys have talked no. me up i think that i am uh, i am up to this is a pretty good one of inside boards in in older formats heck yeah and maybe in standard it'll do something who knows yeah i had not it, i had not thought of its applications in standard that actually doesn't that actually does not bug me
2: it's like for and flashback i think I, are the only I, two ways people do it right now
1: i mean even disturb, i think the... right because disturb you cast the card. oh and disturb yeah. yeah yeah so i i actually don't hate this card in standard i think the thing that gets a lot of people with this card because a lot
0: of people have been low on this card i've had to fight for this card a lot when i talk to people is that they don't think of it as a cancel with upside like if it was reversed like it was cancel. And i told you instead cast it for blue and counter something I think people would be a little higher on it on default. You know what I mean? Well, but like it gets read reversely.
1: We're going to have to talk to Michael Haderocker on episode 400. But if you try to convince him that a cancel with upside was good and standard, he might fight you on it.
0: Well, I know that, that he doesn't think that's true, and I know he still feels that way, because he keeps allowing these cancels with upside <laughs> to come through to standard. And yeah. so clearly I mean, he's convinced wherever, all the play does not. the
1: one making this card. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that, you know, if I text him right now and was like, Michael, Mason, this is Mason's hit, he'd be like, yeah, that's a cancel with upside. Screw that, that's bad. I, yeah. I actually... I actually I, I'm the more I think about this, the more I'm actually turning around on like when we look at the state of standard. Like if we look at some of the cards that Abe just talked about, right, where like when he like wants if, if you are to the point where you want to play Mulch and Renin Seven in the same deck, this card actually becomes pretty good. Yeah, and also like there are
0: other things I didn't mention because like I wanted to talk about the eternal formats, but like Ranger class, like. Like that's just a card that casts a card not from your hand very often, and so if you wanted to play some of these in your main deck because you wanted to cancel variant and you thought this was better than saw it coming for like the mirror type stuff, then like you know it it's very often live in a lot of decks. Like I like even the white decks have um like some disturbed cards, right? So like it's pretty hard for you not to be able to get the one mana in, instant version of it and cancel. Okay. While not great also is a thing. Scald. Skull, what's skull? Showdown of the Skull. the skulls. Oh, Showdown of the Skull.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it lets you counter I any actually, one of those. I'm actually, I'm you actually know? like kind of like the more I think about this card, the yeah. Standard. Now that I think of every corner yeah, key. Like, a- this actually <laughs> seems pretty good in Standard.
0: It's just, it's. I think it's the best cancel right now. Like, I think it's better than Saw coming. I'm
2: pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, the, I it's hard because there's a lot of there's a lot of upside cancel. There's Saw coming, which yeah. is good if you're playing goldspan Dragon. And then there is. Yeah, can you imagine if you like try to villains Lair
1: and then the nerd like reveals this to you and you're just
0: like <laughs> you got. Yeah, but the the villain the villain's layer like like you know like there's some graveyard synergy stuff oh. and like I've been higher in the villain's layer than most and I don't think it's very good.
2: So But also there's the new sword, which I don't think we'll talk about in length. But that card also like does a little little dark confidant trigger action. So now if you're playing a blue black control deck with this is card draw, you pay less life for your cancel.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Dude, I like all of this. Mason, My brain is Mason, This, this card car does suck like a challenge. You should be a car salesman because you would have just sold me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I used to suck car wax. Anyways, Wolfenwald Oddity <laughs> is a moose. It's two green green for a creature, beast four four. that has trample haste. So I'm back at it again, Vanilla Trample Haster. We're round two this time, Abe. Let's go. But you can spend five green green to transform the Wolfenwald Oddity and it's like the open world horror, and it's an 8-8 that gives all your creatures haste, trample, and plus one, plus one. And let me tell you this, if I could have played... This card got previewed by the way at SCG Con, and I was like, dang, I would have spent $100 to play one of this in my deck this weekend. I've been so good against Alarons. So if the format doesn't change, this card slots right into mono green, and it's very, very good. You just need like a, a haste, trample thing in the current Monogreen and the current standard, that might change with the new next set i don't know but even without the back half this card would see play in modern green so this card's dope Should, uh, and the modern it, green deck floods it, out
1: i i will just join you in this this is also one of my hits um i i think this is the best rare in the set so uh here's the thing uh we we've already kind of talked about the awkwardness of Mono Green where it like wants to be this aggressive beatdown deck, but ends up kind of being this like Jundy mid range deck without good removal. And I I honestly think that this card allows it to be and, and the other cards that we talked about allowed to actually be both. Where it becomes like maybe straight up Jund with like you know, the putrid leech blood red elf version of Jund. I I, I think this card is insane. The number of times where I've just like had so much mana sitting around uh, that I wish that I could dump into something other than a freaking layer of the Hydra is a lot, like like hundreds of times. And the the other thing is is that it, it the we already are trying to force ourselves to like play pseudo haste creatures that aren't that good in all honesty in the deck, and this card just straight up is like. No, I'm I'm attacking you. You're in trouble. Let's go. I, I I think this card solves a lot of the problems that Mono Green has, and that's with Mono Green already arguably being the best deck. I don't think
0: it was the best deck, but I don't. I actually don't think it's much of an argument if you're reasonable about it. But I don't okay, know. that that that's a loss of time thing. That, yeah. That's uh whatever. The format's dead, but uh, format's that dead. deck was insane. I, I, was
1: I the think the dead. the results say <laughs> that Mono Green is possibly just the best deck. And this card fixes a lot of its problems. Uh, you already needed a place to put your mana outside of the things that you could do with um, ranger's class. You already needed... I, I, I just think it does so much. Um, How also, many these would you play? So I think that you snap off two already. Like, I, I just think right now, in Monogreen, I would just play two. There's not a world in which I don't get there. I, the I fact know, that it's one, not legendary but... means I'm probably already at four just to start with.
0: I, I would play one of it and one in natural growth. It would be in my five drop
2: slot. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to think like how many of this card can you actually really play? Because it is a it is really good rate in a lot of games, but all of the format is already about four four fours. So a lot of the removal already lines up well against it. But I do like this something that is like in the standard form we just had, a lot of it was just about blue, red and mono green. And so this is a card that naturally is a trump yeah. to the monogreen mirror he... and is good against the, the blue red deck by having trample
1: obviously means he's talking about it. the one drop in in the the gruel deck i think this card in the gruel deck fits in also really nicely like with in all honesty like i would not be shocked if we saw a gruel deck that did not play goldspend dragon instead played the other werewolf played this card played uh the one mana wolf, the the sentinel, uh the dwarf that makes treasure, and just was like, no, like we're gonna ramp into or maybe even Lotus Cobra, like like we're gonna ramp into killing you and at the same time we have like a ton of stuff to do with our mana. Uh we I, I don't know. I, I think that this I think this card's insane.
0: I think this card's really good with gold. I have my goldspan dragons with this deck because you play goldspan and then the next turn you can flip the moose. Sure,
1: you can flip it with goldspan. That's true, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. so, like, I, I think it does work nicely with that. But there might be, like, a, like a deck that plays both those fives and chariot and this. And like, this instead of moonvale regent. Or maybe, a, like, some number, depending on how things go. But I'm, I'm with you. Like, there's, like, a gruel where maybe team teamer with the, the pathways. You know, you kind of, like, cast the you know, counter spells in game, two. But anyways, yeah, I, I think that this card is quite good, and Monogreen, I think it's a pretty, like, assuming you can't change too many cards in Monogreen, I think it's like a pretty easy one of maybe a two-up or maybe sideboard as well uh, card for the deck. And I think that it really opens up some powerful curve-out draws, which are the draws that are best at punishing Blue-Red, because Blue-Red is a deck that does need to assemble its draws every game for it to work. And it does not actually do a great job of assembling its draws, and having a Haste creature is actually super good. Like there are a lot of games i can imagine where i go like pack leader I'll go stroll this and my opponents are just on the back foot where normally i'd be playing in the Seeker's chariot oh, which is great but not nearly as impactful as like actually pressuring your life
1: i, total. I actually think that, like with pack leader this card is just better like i would just rather do this than chariot i like obviously chariot's insane but uh we're really quickly uh because this one of the reasons that this is in also almost one of my favorites is because my nickname was Moose in high school so just like seeing this card I was like yeah this is like the most Spencer cards in Sarkin like this is just great <laughs> well, so,
0: so, what is what is your other hit since that was one of your hits as well because I'm excited to talk about this one
1: yeah so my other hit is one of my least favorite Magic cards to ever exist um it's one of my favorites oh my yeah, gosh I'm not surprised um so we have thalia garden of Draven. it's a reprint and here's the thing uh the two drops in mono white suck you don't actually have real two drops outside of of um luminarch aspirant thank you luminarch aspirant uh they're they're like real bad and the fact that this card plays well with luminarch aspirant is like infuriating uh, and I, I actually think that it could change the context of the Mono White deck quite a bit because, it, like, it plays well with Elite Spellbinder. It play, like, I hate this card. I think that this card is, like, one of the most unfun cards in Magic history. I don't know why you just get to stone rain half the decks in a format uh, for literally no reason and be, at, while beating them down. Um, but I, I do think that there is... Pretty close to a zero percent chance. This is not a two of or a three of in multiple decks in standard. Uh, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are glad it exists because you know we have teamer turns or whatever you know or Grix's turns or I don't know what, what I don't know how many going cast spells be after the, like the way that the, I mean there's like a new there's there are two new time walks in this set is that right? There, yeah, there's one with cleave. That's the cleave like, one, and is there only the one? There's only the one. Okay. There's, there, I
0: think there's one in the commander set, which you might have seen. Oh, uh, then maybe there's, that's the started. Either way, yeah.
1: I hate this card, but I'm kind of glad that it's in the standard format because I it does it does fix problems, especially when you look at like if the two biggest problems that people have are chariot and and you know turns decks, it certainly helps against those decks. I do think that it puts a really annoying pressure on the format to play a lot of one mana removal, like a lot, a lot of it. And I don't like that because it pushes other decks out that don't play Thalia. But yeah, anyway, you love this card, so you can talk about it, sense.
0: <laughs> in the words of Olivia Rodrigo from Sour, it's brutal out here to play mono green. You got a lot of creatures that aren't creatures in your Monogreen deck. And this card's really good against you, and the turns deck is really good, but here's the thing. It's just a 2-1 for two. And those decks play Spike Field Hazard, and there's Blizzard Brawl, and there's a lot of things that like gets invalidated in current combat. But I think that the home for this deck is actually a deck that came out over the Invitational that would never been really seen before in its current iteration. That was the Bant Humans deck that we saw Team R.I.W. and Harlan Fear play in the standard portion of the Invitational, where if you don't count the time they played the Mirror Match, I believe went X and four across all the standard. Or sorry, X and five across all the standard, if you don't count the Mirror, which is quite good. Two competent players got very high. One got top 16, one got top 32. They did great with that deck. That deck is like a... If you haven't seen it before, it's basically like an aggressively slanted beatdown deck that tries to disrupt you with things like Redane and like... That sort of stuff, and it's got uh, brutal cathar and whatnot. And this is like, this is another good two drop on the curve. And the deck needed another good two drop, it like didn't really have one. And so now you have one that you can curve out with. You don't actually play that many non creature spells outside of, I think, of chariot and counter spells on the board. So I-, I think this card's really great in that deck. Um, I think the format does have to like adapt here or whatever, and blue red has to play more things that hit X ones and more early interaction. But I think that's okay because I think that currently that deck play a lot of unsummons or whatever and it's just like pretty frustrating to play against for a lot of people and so i kind of like making them have to answer it so yeah i love value it's one of my favorite cards i love stone raining people i love tangle wire i love rashad and pork strip mine oh baby wasteland these are some of my favorite magic cards i think so. i
1: i literally like the more you talked the more upset i got that this card is instead like I, <laughs> I actually hate this card so much it's in my hits because i actually think it's insane but like I, I, this is so unfun.
2: You know, if there's something that people don't like historically, it's taxation. Without that, and This card, this card's only, like, really defining text is the taxation. And so I don't fault you for hating a card that is literally, hey, everything you want to do is way more expensive because I said so.
1: Um, I do think, though, that... Dude, can we just in... can we actually talk about that for a second because thorn of amethyst literally is a rare that saw play like it's in... a non-creature
2: I mean,
0: it's a creature it's a legendary creature uh, yeah. you can't stack them all right whatever <laughs> I,
2: like, you can <laughs> stack them and you usually play answers to those uh, things in your
1: main bag. i just yeah, like, it... cannot believe this card exists
0: i'm gonna ask you a question would you rather have thorn of amethyst or an answer i would a...
1: actually just rather people play thorn why you're wh- What so are you going to do against a thorn, thorn right? So, timeout. So because, like, because <laughs> like the decks that are going to play thorn are going to only bring it in, in a, as a sideboard card against, like, you know, decks that it's really good against, right? Whereas, like, this card just naturally hoses your curve in every mid-range deck ever, and then also is insane against control, and also, like, it, it also has first strike. Like, this card is good in every... I hate this card. It's like, a 2-1, though. Like... I, Okay, sure, but it's also a two drop. It's a two one yeah. first strike. That's not even the same thing as a two one. Like, I hate this card so much. I'm actually getting mad. We need to
0: move on. <laughs> Th- Thalia is dope. Get, like, I don't know. I, I'm I excited like for, for
2: Thalia in the Lords format Pioneer. <laughs> That's true. Arclight the Lords Phoenix, format. <laughs> your days are numbered.
0: That's true. Arclay Phoenix was running that house, dude. By there, the way, if you're on Arena.
1: This card is going to see play in a lot of different formats because it just went into pioneer and historic
0: it's been in historic for like two years yeah but um that's what i was about to say is that it's in an anthology uh it had it's like it has like the alternate art one which i was going to say is if you're a, a historic gamer now you got some cards from mono white come on over to standard baby we're happy to have you
1: this card nombos with your paladins class though it does i thought about that as well i mean <laughs> It does the same thing as Paladin's class, so it probably doesn't matter.
0: Well, I, I yeah, I mean it knobbows but then it combos A plus one plus one. Ooh, a little three two. Yeah, now we're good. I, like
1: I think I think Paladin's <laughs> class is getting relegated, uh, with the additions to Mono White. yeah um, the hell, yeah.
0: Yeah, Thalia's dope. She has so many cards. Card. It's not yeah.
1: true. That's just she's just like one of the most unbungled cards ever to exist. <laughs> yeah, she's like four spike every time. Can we move on? Abe, what is it? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know.
2: I think my last thing on Thalia is that I think <laughs> that if people have to stop auto playing four chariot in like every deck across many archetypes. Because it gets taxed by a card people play in the main deck, some percent of the time, I that's
1: good. I do like that. I even actually, if
2: it sucks, even if playing this is miserable, because you just want to cast I, your spells on curve, it's good I, that people don't just get to. I
1: do agree with that. I really hate the the emphasis it puts on one mana removal, though. When like
2: the emphasis is already there, don't I, worry. So about
1: I it. do agree <laughs> that that's true, but like the problem is is that it becomes overdrive. Like if I don't draw it, I just lose.
0: Like Thalia on two, Verdane on three, you're dead on four. It's no just, chariots for it's you. <laughs> just actually, let me, all right. All
1: let's
2: right, go. so my hits, let's talk about, let's talk about some more, some more oh beloved God. white cards than Thalia. You know, things get a little heated, let's cool down. How do we feel about Valorous Stance? My <laughs> first hit of the set. It is a one and a white instant. A reprint from Fate Reforged. One to wait instant? Uh, Choose one, has two modes. Target creature gains indestructible until end of turn, or destroy target creature with toughness four or greater. This card is just the perfect kind of flexible card to me, especially as we were just talking about, people are gonna be drawn more towards playing cheap removal. It's a good answer against the decks that are overloaded on removal, so you can main deck it. And it also only really answers the biggest stuff. Right, like answering Smoldering Egg or Span Dragon or the Moose or any one of these cards out of Mono White, because you're kind of in this awkward spot where it's hard to play good answer spells. Uh, it, it kind of it fits the the mold very nicely, and I think there's a card that you can easily justify main decking in Best of One or having as a sideboard card against Smoldering Egg that also plays well in the games so where they don't draw it. Uh, it's just like an all-time favorite of mine. Uh, when, and I'm really going to
1: see it back. Back in the day, in the olden days, the boomer days, as some would say. Although I did get a definition that really clearly made me a millennial magic player. And I'm not a boomer or a zoomer in, in magic, which made me which made me happy. But uh, we used to do a set review, Abe, where we did like an LR set review. Where we literally reviewed every card and gave it a grade for Constructed. I'm pretty sure... That I would have given this the equivalent of like a C-plus or a B-minus uh, in Constructed. I, I love this card. Uh, this I think that this card actually made Blue-White Heroic one of the best decks in Standard in its time. Single-handedly. Like, I actually do not know. I actually lost to that deck at the Pro Tour. Lost to this card and was like, fair enough. Like, I, like that is how good I think this card is. Uh, It does, both sides are playable regardless of the matchup. Uh, I I think this card's insane. I I actually am really glad to see this in standard and I I think that it would be a mistake not to own two of these in your collection.
2: Cards good.
0: Counterpoint doesn't kill Thalia. Does protect your Thalia though.
1: (laughs) For three mana it's not very good with Thalia.
0: Well, yeah, but here's the thing, though, Spencer. They had to spend more I mana, too. Like, I don't so like this bang, conversation. I want bang, to move on. Yeah. <laughs> Bam.
1: Know. They're like... <laughs> I hate value so much.
2: But no, I, yeah, I, I think this card's great. I remember killing many a Siege Rhino with it in in its original... so sweet. It's band It just uh, does
1: the thing. Or it's just, you're like, elemental. sometimes... Man, killing a word Elemental with this was like...
2: Yeah, sometimes you don't want your thing to die, and you'll pay two mana to do that. And sometimes you want their thing to die because it's big, and you'll do that too. And it just really is the kind of kind of card that allows you to condense down the slots you need to cover yourself. And it just plays really well. I, I, I'm happy to see it back. My other beautiful brand new white card, not a reprint, new mechanic is Hopeful Initiate, which is a single white one two with training uh and it has two and a white remove two plus one counters from among creatures you control destroy target artifact or enchantment now this card i don't know if it's really all that great it does take a couple turns to get online um like if you play it on turn one but we're in a world where pe- the one drop people are playing in their mono white decks are kind of rancid there's not many good ones and this Just if you're curving out naturally, it having training makes it scale up very quickly. Uh, Like if you're able to, like we said before, with Luminarch Aspirant, you play this on turn one, Luminarch Aspirant on turn two, that thing's just growing every turn alongside the Aspirant. Incredibly strong. Uh, You know, it's probably going to be among the weaker things, but being a three-toughness attacker along with your two-toughness attacker, or your two-power attacker, like means it'll probably get to convert when you play your elite Spellbind or whatever and attack with a three-power creature, and then now it's a one-mana three-four. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty big on the, the idea that this is just an auto-include
1: in the one-drop spot. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it for Mono White, but... Have you seen my Mono White list? This, like, fits so perfectly into it, it's kind of insane, because I'm already playing the, the Planeswalker and the one-drop that gets counters. Like, this is so much better than the random one-drop creature that, like, puts another counter on something if you I mean to be fair like you could actually just go all in on that stuff like if you just wanted to go like you don't play paladin's class anymore and you just go all in on one drops there was a uh I was playing I don't remember what the series was called but the at uh, GPs for day 2 instead of playing a PTQ you could play a series where like you would be invited to wizards of the Super Sunday series Yeah so the for the Super Sunday series I'm I'm playing Esper and it plays this deck that goes, turn one Sun, Tail, Hawk, And I was like, what is happening right now? And then they go, like, turn two, one drop, one drop. And I was like, okay. And then turn three, they go, one drop, one drop, one drop. And I was like, okay, Supreme Verdict. And they go, sweet, Untapped Immortal Servitude. And I was like, well, it's a good thing I have this Supreme Verdict. But honestly, like... We as conservative criticism uh, hosts found that X so appealing where like if you actually have a maximum density of one drops uh, to the point where even if somebody has the, pr- the like like the the anger of the gods or the equivalent that it doesn't really matter because you reload so quick, uh, it's pretty enticing and I do actually wonder if we're getting pretty close to that with a white one drops due to how the white one drops stack up in their synergies with this card. so
2: yeah, I think it plays pretty well with um one of your uh, one of your sleepers, the the one that if you have a small creature coming to play, you draw a card like you know you, you curve into that and then your deck is still just more of these one drops uh, that that mitigates a lot of the downside of having to empty your hand really early.
1: i think I think this card is really good as as your first card as well as like, in the double spell white deck is pretty good like even if your two drop is the spirit that like makes one ones mason is not as happy as we are about this card he's like staring at the ceiling deciding i'm if- trying to figure it out because the problem is, is i think you need a glorious anthem
0: effect i'm trying to remember what all the creature types are because there is one in standard from Kaldheim. rally the, rally the of ranks where you choose the, a creature type
1: it's yeah you get to choose the creature type and then all of them with that creature type
0: I was, so I was trying to think about all the... I mean, then we could overlap. So, uh, this one is
1: all a of the Warlock. ones that I just mentioned, this one, the one that the Planeswalker gets, and the one that when you double spell, you put a counter on it, are all humans.
0: Okay. And they have Paladin class, too, which I was thinking about. It's like a four-mana one, but you can go, like, bopity boopity boopity But if so... you yeah, play
1: and... Paladin's class and instead play that, plus Thalia and the... uh. Cool and the uh, Luminarch Aspirant is also human, you actually just straight up have one-drop double spell humans.
2: Yeah, I also think that, you know, as much as just a one-mana one-two with training is probably one of the better white one-drops you can play, the ability on it to remove counters and destroy artifacts or enchantments is definitely relevant with the amount of, like, chariots and rangers classes or whatever there are around, and the times that incidental value does come up, uh, I think, like... Really push it over the edge and will, will definitely be something where you're kind of impressed with it uh, once you play with it. Because, like, you know, Ranger Class is ubiquitous and Chariots ubiquitous and just a lot, a lot to like. So those are my hits. Word. That's going to do it for the Crimson
0: Vow. And I vow not to bring up how close we are to Kamagawa right now. Thank you all so much for listening to Constructed Criticism this week. We're happy to have you next week. We're going to be back with Standard. You can find us all over social media. You can find me on Twitter, at Mason E. Clark. Tweeting all the time. I find me here each other. We can find me at Card Kingdom. Writing articles for them. We've got some deck listies dropping this week.
1: Spencer, where can people find you? You can find me uh, in the Constructed Criticism Discord for patrons, as well as the Heasy Game Media Discord overall. That'll be the place that we're, you know, uh, communicating with people about things like the open and stuff like that. The people from Common Knowledge are there. The people from, you know, just all of the shows on the network are there. Um, uh, also, you know, if if you are into more stuff than just manage, I do do another podcast. Just about nerd culture uh, with with my friend Wes Singleton. Uh, we just recorded it. It should be released this week. Um, really fun episodes. But, you know, I, I convinced Abe last week. He's waiting for our Fire Red Leaf Green set review, but really cool stuff. And then also I just am starting to do bi-weekly videos on the Heezy channel as well. And, uh, you know, I just, re- I just actually wrote my next two videos. So, uh, check that out over on the Heasy Game Media YouTube channel. And yeah, that's it for me. What about you, Ed? You can
2: always find me at twitter.com slash more nothings. And I am, you know, DMs are still open for anyone wanting coaching, specifically with Hammer Time, I've decided. Hammer Time or any popper deck. That's what I'm good at. That's what I will teach you. It is very simple. We can go over it. I can tell you all of the inner machinations of my mind. It'll be fun. Or you can just follow me and see the things that I post. Uh, but with that. Damn. Thank
0: you all so much. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Constructed Criticism.